All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just after three o'clock on a game day. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. The Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And, man, it's your one-stop shop uh, if you like to have a little bit of fun. If you want to play some casino games, you want to do some uh, single-game betting, some parlays, or how about this? Maybe you're just going to say, you know what? I like my uh, luck in the lottery. Well, tonight, $70 million is up for grabs in the uh, Lotto Max. So go to PlayAlberta.ca. Buy your tickets right there. Good luck, and just remember, if you win, share the wealth. Connor Halley, uh, maybe you could get him a new jersey. He's probably looking for a new one. Non-charger uh, one, maybe. Keep his uh, spirits up. That could be uh, that could be good. So Maybe you'd want to make a donation to the, uh, the Brownlee GoFundMe, which is great. And by the way, uh, a huge shout-out to all. I uh, should update us on that because, uh, you know, what we want to get to uh, – hundred uh, percent. We set a goal uh, to get to, and it's it's been going very well. And the thing I love is that we're seeing lots of people donating ten dollars, fifteen dollars, twenty dollars. There's obviously some uh, some bigger donations, uh, which is unreal. But um, we are now at around uh, forty. I got to double check, but I think we're at around like forty six percent already. We just started yesterday, so awesome. So uh, if you go to sports fourteen forty dot ca right on the front page, uh, you'll see it there. And and that's where you can make your donation uh, to help out uh, uh, Robin's uh, family uh, after a devastating uh, surprise uh, for them last Thursday when uh, Robin passed away from a, a massive heart attack. And uh, we miss him on the show, but uh, and not nearly as much as uh, his wife, Annalyn, and uh, sons, uh, Michael and Sam, uh, miss him. 
And so uh, this is really going to help them out uh, if you can. So, And trust me, it all adds up very quickly. We've got a lot of listeners who have listened to Bronte for a long time. Uh, read his stuff at the Nation. He, read over, he wrote over two thousand articles just at the Nation. Never mind at the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun, dating back to nineteen eighty nine. So, you know what? Uh, think of, heck, if you're doing a cent for every article of his you read, could still do twenty bucks easily, and that would be uh, that'd be a good donation. So, uh, we'd appreciate it if you go to sports fourteen forty dot ca and uh, you can make your donation there. So, uh, we still got a long ways to go, but uh, we're getting close pretty quickly, which is awesome. And uh, we welcome to the program our regular Tuesday co-host, Sean Brown. Joins us. Brownie, how you doing? Good, good. It's good to be back here. Road's a little bit slippery. Um, yeah, that's tragic news to hear about uh, Robin there. Um, obviously a great guy. Got to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, you know, back in that time when I played, we we traveled quite a bit with the media. And uh, they were almost like teammates. And uh, I remember, you know, having lots of conversations uh, with Robin. And Robin really liked the tough guys. And, oh and yeah. <laughs> he really enjoyed that part of the game. And yeah. he was good, honestly, for, for George and I and, and anyone else, as far as, you know, letting us know who's, you know, especially at that time, like slats used to bring in a lot of different characters for a lot of different reasons. Right. He wanted some fireworks in, in training, in camp. training camp. Right. And so Brad Brownlee would give you the scouting report. <laughs> he always gave us the update of, you know, who's who and what they do and, um, you know, much appreciated. But yeah, I mean, at a time when you're young and, you know, obviously there's a lot bigger names in the dressing room where, you know, they took up a lot of the airtime and media time. Uh, Robin always felt, uh, always had time for, for everybody. So, um, yeah, surprising news, but uh, just a great guy. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was devastating news, uh, no question about it. And uh, he definitely uh, uh, he he enjoyed that. He he really respected that side of the game. Obviously, like the skill and everything else, but uh, he respected that uh, side of the game. And when he played lacrosse, that was kind of part of his job that he had to do. So he always uh, respected it. The the guys who were willing to do it because it's. It's not a job. Even the guys who did it didn't necessarily like doing it. Most of them didn't really like doing it. They understood that's part of the job, right? Like, there's a few guys who who like doing it, but uh, you know, we had Dennis Bonvion. I yeah. think that's one guy who was definitely yeah. like, "Hey, all right, let's have some fun here." But uh, I do now, Brownie. How old are you? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. So Terry Ryan came out of retirement for <laughs> yeah. the and I've yeah. seen you skate, buddy. Like yeah. you're still wheeling out there, right? Um, if you got the call now, this is a very unique situation. They couldn't bring in any other players. Right? He skates them all the time. If you got the chance to play one more game of pro hockey, would you do it? Oh, of course, anyone yeah. would do it. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know if I'm in the same shape as he is. I think I've heard some of the interviews, and good on him. Uh, you know, it's been 20 years probably since he's played any type of professional uh, hockey. So it doesn't matter what level if it's it's professional hockey. But it sounds like to me with the ball hockey, and he sounds like he plays a little bit of men's league. He's in he's in pretty good shape. But yeah, I mean, I think every every athlete looked at that story and was like, oh wow, that would be. That'd be pretty special and unique, but you know what? We had a little bond spiel with the Oilers uh, alumni at the Shamrock Curling Club, and uh, I'm not a big curler. That's one of the first times I've ever did it. So um, the next day, I felt like I I pulled a little bit of a hamstring. So um, I don't. I'm not quite sure I'd be ready for any type of professional game, um, knowing that I can barely get through a a curling game but yeah it's 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 an amazing story and the fact that you know he went out there and actually got in a fight 
um, was pretty unique. And I didn't get a chance. I wanted to hear him on the radio yesterday. I'm yeah. assuming he's quite a character. Oh, yeah. I do enjoy listening to him. Um, but yeah, good on him for going out there and not just playing the game, but getting involved in, you know, in doing one of the hardest things that anyone can do. And the fact he's doing it for a teammate and a buddy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Oilers lease tonight. Uh, there's always certain games on the calendar that are just a little bit more important. Right. You yeah. know, there's going to be juice. If you're a player and you go back for you, you know, when you went into Toronto, I'm sure it was always a big game for you. Right. Uh, you go into Ottawa anywhere, you know, closer in Canada, I think some of the places. But then also, I'm assuming, you know, when you're going into a game uh, against a big rival, it was just the juices are flowing a little bit more. Like how much easier is it to play those games? Oh, it's yeah. You don't you don't need a pregame map. You don't need anything. You just go out. <laughs> you can just go out and play. I mean. Yeah, it's, you know, the original six teams obviously bring out, you know, fans and all types of different people. The atmosphere is, you know, electric, really. And, yeah. you know, when I think back to, you know, me playing against my childhood team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was just, you, you know, every everybody's watching it back home. Uh, you know, you, you get to play. For me, I got to play against uh, one of my idols growing up was Wendell Clark. And so to get out on the ice and, and actually see them, I'll never forget, we were in warm-up. And we get out there and everyone knows the red line, right? You don't cross over the red line and warm up. We get out on the ice and Wendell Clark comes out and his first lap, he must have been 15 feet in our zone. <laughs> and I just looked at him and I was like, wow, you're even that much more of a legend to me. Like just the way he crossed over and came into our zone, it was like no one else's business. And I was just like, I love you. You know, and it was just, you know, it was amazing to play against my childhood team and, and against a guy that I idolized. And I actually have a cool photo uh, where he was coming down on me and I was kind of holding him up with a cross check, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, these guys, the fans will be the fans oh, are going to yeah, be into, into it. it and it's, for it, sure. Yeah. And it's a it's a great matchup, too. I mean, you got the, a ton of skill on both sides and, you know, Connor McDavid, um, you know, uh, a motivated and an excited Connor McDavid playing against the Leafs. Uh, it could be a really special night tonight. Well, and, and really, the Leafs have had the Oilers number here the last few seasons, right? Uh, they've won nine of the 13 games. And the Oilers, now, I'll say this, Edmonton has not played this sound defensively at any point when they were playing Toronto. Remember that one time when, during the uh, the co uh, the COVID-shortened season of 2021, Toronto came in here three straight games. They spanked the orders three straight games, and orders fans were just livid, as they should be. I get it. Like they don't like the Leafs. There's so much Leafs. Like you saw a TSN. Well, should uh, should Matthews win the heart because he has more goals than McDavid? What? Like it's such an asinine convert. Like I'm so tired <laughs> of TSN and Sportsnet's need to want to be. How can we interject a conversation with Matthews? Like, do you honestly think the fan, even Toronto fans, are like stop? Okay, Matthews is the best goal scorer. McDavid's the best player. End of discussion. Like it's not even a discussion. It's not a discussion. Oh, so a guy has more goals, but the other guy has 54 more points. Well, geez, I guess he still should be the MVP. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. And here's the truth. Right now, McKinnon's the leading front, or the front runner for the MVP. There's no and, and I'll say this. If Tampa gets in the playoffs, Kucherov is going to get a lot of votes, too. So, um, like, for the first 30 games, Matthews wasn't even the MVP in his own team. It was William Neeland. <laughs> so it's just, I'm so tired of it. Like, God, it's so old. It's like you tell your, you think your fans are just stupid, that they're just going to lap it up. Yeah, yeah, I want to know. I want to know that Matthews is better than McDavid. Most Leaf fans are like, 
McDavid's better. I don't care. It doesn't mean that Matthews isn't a Hall of Famer, isn't one of the greatest goal scorers I've ever seen. doesn't mean anything. He's just not McDavid, and that's not a knock. Yeah. He's just not McDavid. No one else is. Yeah, I mean, they're both great players, yes. but there's no one more electric than McDavid. I think he just brings so much more. But, I mean, yeah, the the Leafs nation and the passion is funny. I just got a text from my brother. You go into the game, like, everybody's jacked up and excited for this, you know, matchup. And, you know, it, it, it's it's kind of two different players. And I think at different times when I think McD- uh, Matthews was going and, you know, getting 50 goals and scoring, like, that was creating a lot of buzz. But I think if you watch the game, I think each player and everyone knows in the league that they're elite, but McDavid's just on a completely different level. Yeah. Um, the, the Have you ever been on a, like, what's the longest winning streak you ever remember being on? Oh, God, I don't remember. It would have been with New Jersey. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely a nice feeling. Like, when, you're, when you're winning and feeling good and you come to the rink and you almost know that you're going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, you know, the, the overall feel in the environment, you know, the, it's, it can be a very stressful environment to be in. But when you're winning in the mood of everyone and just knowing that, okay, well, you know, let's, let's start making some plans where are we going tonight. It's, it's fun. There's oh. nothing better. There's nothing better winning in the NHL. Nothing better. And there's nothing But when you're worse. winning, because some games you win and you're like, whew, kind of got away with one there, right? Like yep. everybody's had that. Yeah. But like the orders have gone eight straight games where they haven't even allowed more than two goals. For this team, like, and for really for any team, but definitely for this team historically, it's actually only the fourth time in franchise history they've ever done it. And um, now obviously in the 80s, that wasn't really an issue. It wasn't a, a problem. Like, and it was kind of the dead puck era, the early, uh, I think twice in the same season in 2001 uh, that it occurred. But like for this group, like you watch those games and, and the scoreboard, it's probably flattering to the opposition. Like the orders right now, if, and I'm not criticizing anything, but if there was the one area you'd look at, even Chris Nava kind of hinted at it today, he says, yeah, we're generating a lot, but we're really not scoring as much as we would like. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like the, it's great that the orders are sound defensively, but these pro, like the, they should have won in Montreal four or five to one. In Detroit, it should have been more. Right. Uh, even well, Chicago had two goals called off, and that was actually probably their, their worst game. Really, there wasn't just much going on. But there, there's been some games that have been closer than I think the actual game itself because the orders just the other team's goalie got hot. But sometimes, like the orders, a little bit lately, they've been they've been making the goalies look like they got pretty good chests. Yeah, I mean, they're winning and feeling good. I mean, their desperation. I think you kind of it's just kind of natural. I think to get a little bit complacent. Um, but I think this game will kind of get everyone dialed back in with the urgency that they all need to play with um, just because of the firepower on both sides, um, you know, defensively, offensively. It's just everyone's going to be that more engaged, I think, today. Obviously, the atmosphere of the fans, I'm sure half the building's going to be with the Leafs and the other half's going to be with the Oilers. So it's going to be a buzz right from the beginning, and I expect them you know, to just wrap up the urgency and the execution in all sides of the puck today. Yeah. And, you know, it should be good. It should be quite fun. Um, Kane's back with dry settlement. McLeod's back at center. Uh, I still think the orders, when I look at their bottom six, like I know Dylan Holloway's in the minors. I think at some point he's going to get a, he's going to get a recall here eventually, maybe after the all-star break, maybe not even later, but clearly the orders need, I think they got to improve their bottom six. It's not bad because they don't get scored on very often outside of Connor Brown. But um, regardless of where he plays, it's been a struggle for him. But the other guys, like Adam Ernie, doesn't produce a lot, but doesn't get outscored. That's huge for your bottom six guys. 
Yeah. Like, to me, that's huge. But when I look at the running tonight with Yanmark and McLeod and Ryan and, and Ernie and Hamlin and Brown, honestly, I could see four of those guys not in the lineup come playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that Kane is back on the second line with Dreisaitl and Fogel. I think that Kane has something that a lot of the guys in the lineup, especially the fours, that just he's got that, you know, he's got that dimension to his game where you're going to need him against the big, heavier teams. He's uncomfortable. Um, so I, I expect him to come out, and they're going to need that against the Leafs team tonight where he's going to have to finish his check. And So I expect him to have a great game. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at the – you know, you look at this, the third line and the fourth line. Um, yeah, they need a little bit. Uh, they're all very similar to me. Yeah, Mark McLeod. I mean, I love McLeod. He's got a, he definitely has a dimension where he can skate and get in there and forecheck. I love the fact that now he's playing on the third line, but he's got a ton of confidence and I expect him to play con- with confidence and to be able to make some plays and get in on the forecheck and keep some pucks alive. But I agree with you. I mean, there's some guys there that, um, you know, I I would look to see if maybe they can make an improvement on with a little bit of size and a little bit of grit. Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Howell with you on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, a few texts uh, coming in. Uh, guys, uh, we are finally winning playing the, the tight style systems that we're not having success doing before. What do you got canned from uh, Tootsie Rolls? Well, and that's, to me, the, the difference to me, and because a lot of people are like, ah, oh, you know what, uh, Woodcroft wasn't a problem. I agree. To, to blame one coach was was ridiculous. The difference is there's been a clear change in certain things under the new coach, as there should be. Few changes. Number one, the penalty kill is more consistent. The numbers don't lie. That's fact. And so look at the player usage. Right, he's gone with the same six guys and he just continues with those six guys. Now Drysaddle gets in on certain faceoffs. But he's not using McDavid at all in the penalty kill. I love it. I know McDavid scored some shorthanded goals for you last year. Great. But they don't need shorthanded goals. You want a penalty kill that's 87%. That's what you want. And you have uh, McDavid and Dry Settle. The coach gives them their cookies. They play together right after the penalty kill. Puts the other team right away back on their heels. I like that strategy. I think it's, I think it's very good, to be honest. Uh, you look at... At, uh, you know, he put Mark Stewart, uh, did Chris Knobloch in charge of the uh, the penalty kill. Look at the def- the difference in their defensemen and encouraging them to make plays, not just in the offensive zone, but in the defensive zone, in the neutral zone, all over the ice. Because the more plays you can make means the other team doesn't have the puck as much. So it reduces the amount of chances you're going to get against just because you have the puck more. So there's been some clear changes in philosophies from the coach. The players are the same. But there have been some things that have worked out better. And that's not a knock on Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft did a very good job. Right? And so, like we've always said, you, the higher you get up the pyramid, the harder it is. And the thing the orders needed to do was get better defensively. And part of their being better defensively now is they make more plays with the puck. Thus, the other team doesn't have it as much. So then you don't have to play defense as long. That helps. Quick break. We'll come back. Dave McCarthy next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 329. Jason Gregor, Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you. Game day, the orders and the Maple Leafs. Love it. Should be uh, should be a fun night tonight. Uh, lots of cheers. A lot of competing cheers. The Leafs and the owner fan. And, hey, don't fight an opposing fan, all right? Don't be an idiot. Even if they're an idiot, 
Uh, usually you don't try not to. Uh, if you fight idiot with idiot, then uh, you both become idiots. <laughs> right? So uh, it's the old adage. Um, if you know, if it's always it's a it's a tough one to debate with an idiot because they can beat you with experience. So always watch out for that. Uh, let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's. And, of course, uh, all the McDonald's uh, local franchises are, car- are sponsoring the uh, Edmonton Minor uh, Hockey Week. Uh, all the families and attendees get the uh, the free coffee courtesy of uh, uh, the local McDonald's. Uh, they're a big part in the community. That is McDonald's. Uh, all the local franchises uh, independently owned and operated. As uh, we are joined by uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius X. Am our regular uh, Tuesday guest, uh, Davey? How you doing, my man? Good. I am just trying to get myself back under control after those uh, comments you dropped there. Don't fight idiot with idiot or uh, beat you with experience. That's good stuff, Jason. I like that. <laughs> well, I would it. like to know though, like what goes through someone's mind when they decide, you know what, I'm at a game and and I'm going to fight that fan. Like I would really, really like to know. Presumably, or maybe I'm making an assumption. You both have to go to work in the morning. I would feel like that probably wouldn't be the right course of action. It, it isn't. I've, I've seen it happen a few times. I'm always perplexed. Uh, I do think sometimes, you know, alcohol's involved, and so you're not making the uh, the best decision at times. I've seen some, though, where, like, I could see, okay, you know what, it's a spur of the moment. Wow, I made a bad decision. But I've seen people yammering for five minutes, and then they, and I'm like, dude, that's not a split second decision. Now you've been no. in, where it's just like, hey, you know what? All right, hey, you know what? Um, I'll disagree. Let's move on. We're not going to fight, but it happens. Um, I, I do know that uh, Fridays and Saturday nights, uh, having talked to the, uh, the the arena security, are uh, are definitely more likely for uh, for fisticuffs and uh, wrong decisions being made. Uh-huh. So uh, it is a Tuesday night. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it is a it is a good decision evening for all the fans in attendance. And, uh, you know, that'll lead the, to the question will be a good decision e- evening for, uh, for players on the ice. Um, the Edmonton orders are on an absolute heater, uh, winning 18 of 21, including their last 10 straight. Uh, they've only allowed two goals or less in, in their last eight wins, uh, completely out shooting teams, outscoring teams. They got the most goals. They've only the Jets have allowed fewer goals here in the last, uh, two months. Than, than the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're not playing terrible day, but when I watch the Leafs right now, they look a little bit what like the Oilers were last year at times, where they play well and then all of a sudden they're Santa Claus and they give up a real gift. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, they've obviously had a, a tough time holding leads over the last three games, and when you add all that up at the end of the year. Um, you, you really, you really squander points that way. You know, they were up against the Islanders three to one. They let that game get away, lost in overtime. So there's a point. Then they were up three nothing against the Avalanche on Saturday in the first period. I don't care uh, how good the other team is, and the Avs are a good team. But you know, so too apparently are the Leafs, or at least we're told, right? Your your top guys at least need to be able to saw off the other team's top guys when it's your depth that give you an early lead like it like it happened on Saturday night. Couldn't do that. Lost in regulation. So there's another two points out the door. There's three points. And then against the Detroit Red Wings on Sunday, a team that I should point out arrived at the or the Scotiabank Arena at five fifty seven. They drove into the building for a game that was originally scheduled for 7. They pushed it back to 7.30, ultimately started at 7.52. But nonetheless, they were in the airport the whole day. 
Um, they came up with with a lackluster effort, um, especially considering prior to the game in the morning, Sheldon Keefe said the mood's not good in here. The guys are pissed that we let that three nothing lead slip away. He shook the lines up in a way that he rarely shakes the lines up. And you had a goalie in Elias Samsonov starting for the first time since December the 29th that they were trying to build back up. And I think the only positive thing you take out of that game was that was was that Samsonov played in a way that it, at least they can turn to him again. But they certainly didn't help their goalie out. So there's another two points out the window that that you need to find a way to get against a divisional uh, opponent that's had as tough a day as they did. So there's five points that are out the window that, re- and, and they have the lead in that game. The Leafs did too against Detroit. Five points out the window that by the time you add that up at the end of the year, you add in losses to Chicago, Columbus a couple of times. Like you're talking 12 to 15 points. And that's the reason why you're in a in a, either a dogfight or you don't win the division, as opposed to comfortably being in a battle for the top spot in the division. Hey, Dave, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on the Penguins and um, your thoughts on Jake Getzel. If if they wind up signing, obviously Sidney Crosby's having another great year, but it seems like there's so many teams just kind of right there on whether they're in it or they're not. What are your thoughts on Pittsburgh and if if they sign Jake and where they're at? Like it's really difficult, right? Because I, I think when you're the Pittsburgh Penguins and you've got a guy like Sidney Crosby having the year that he is, he's playing unbelievable. And if Kenny Malkin and Chris Letang on the roster, I think the feeling is that you kind of owe them the best roster possible to to continue to take kicks at the Stanley Cup. But in in all seriousness, do we even if they squeeze in? Do we really look at Pittsburgh as a team that can contend for a Stanley Cup? Um, I I don't I don't and I certainly don't see that happening um, over the next year or two as, as Sid and Gino ultimately get a little bit older and 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 time catches up to to every great athlete no matter how good they are. Um, so Jay Gensel's in a position right now, guys, where uh, he is in probably the best position he will ever be to command a big ticket. He's going to want to get a big ticket. He deserves a big ticket. Does it make sense for for Pittsburgh to give him that type of a contract? You know, six, seven, eight years at probably in and around eight million, probably, right, eight million bucks? I don't think it really does. I mean, that kind of sets you back moving forward. Um, when you're going to tr- want to try to turn it over eventually, you know, in the next, like what, logically two, three years. So that's a really difficult one. It makes more sense, logically speaking, to move them along, try to get something for them. On the other hand, you want to try to provide Sid and Gino with the best roster possible. Like I I think you have to make a really tough choice and, and say, you know what, you probably got to move them at the deadline, but I don't think they're going to do it. Well, I think the bigger challenge is that they're right in the playoff race, right? And and they, and they could be in a playoff spot. And here's the thing about the East, Dave: you get in the postseason. I know. I look at you know the Rangers, and after that, like Carolina's. Did you know that Carolina is thirtieth in points by forwards? To me, like it's great that you get all these points by defensemen and goals by defensemen. But when you look at the odds of defensemen scoring goals, it's it's not as high and sustainable long term. So I look at Carolina; they're a really good team. But this, I've seen this movie from Carolina year after year after year. Come playoff yeah. time, I don't think they have the difference maker. 
And uh, that, no, I think they need to get that guy. Yeah, at and the deadline. So it's hard to get him. So to me, if you're Pittsburgh and you get in the postseason and you've got some difference makers on your team, hell, you could win two rounds. I like. I wouldn't be sh- like if Pittsburgh beat Toronto. I, I, I think Florida's good, and the Rangers like. Anybody who beats them would probably be an upset. Uh, the Bruins, maybe, but I still don't love their center ice depth. So I honestly think there's the Rangers and the Florida Panthers. And then after that, from three to, to ten, I'm not sure it's a, like if Elias Sorokin gets in the playoffs, would we be stunned if he stood on his head and won it and won a series in six? Right. So I could see why the Penguins are hesitant to do it. I also understand where, you know, they could get a pretty good return for Jake Gunsel. So it is tough, but I think like they pushed all their chips in at the, in the summertime, didn't they? To go in. Well, they did. Yeah, they did when they went out and got Eric Carlson, yeah. which to me didn't make a ton of sense. Because we've seen, again, that movie before when he's with another sort of alpha dog on the blue line and Brent Burns in San Jose, they didn't really work out all that well. And you got a guy in Chris Latane that's kind of bumped Chris a little bit from the role that he had been in um, in the past. So that didn't make a lot of sense. They, they did push all their chips, but like, logically, guys, how, how many more years can Pittsburgh – even if this year you can consider them legit contenders, how many more years after this? Like two? No. Is that even too rich? So then what if you sign Jake Ansel and then you turn around in a couple of years, he's got six years left at, at eight plus. You know, what do you do with that then? Can you move that deal? Maybe, but it's not going to help you for for at least three quarters of that contract, right? Yeah. So I... That's why you got to make like St. Louis. I thought last year Doug Armstrong had some tough decisions to make when they were kind of in the hunt for a playoff spot in the West, and he made them. He moved uh, Tarasenko and he moved uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and I think it was the best thing for the franchise to help start to turn the page from their glory year of winning the Stanley Cup. It's a tough decision to make. I just I don't see how signing Jay Gensel for eight years at big money. Is is really going to help you um, for for even half of the the duration of that deal? Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM. Yeah, it's a great debate. There's no question about it. I, I do. We all know the inevitable is coming in Pittsburgh, but I think they're trying to avoid it because if if they decide to rebuild, then Sidney Crosby might just say, "Okay, well that's great, but I'm going to go sign somewhere else because I want to." And which they might just have to live with anyway. And could you right. imagine if Sidney Crosby next next trade deadlines on the trade market? <laughs> right, like, hey, it's a pretty big name to get in, and there's a guy who's a pretty responsible player. So that would be yeah. that would be an interesting. It's just funny though, guys. Like all of these teams that try to delay the inevitable, like it never ultimately. Like Calgary, ten years or so ago. When Jerome McGinley was kicking around the last couple of years there, they really were a team to me that tried to delay the inevitable. And nothing good came out of it. It, it just it never seems to work. So I know it's a difficult decision to have to make in the in the in the here and now, but I think you have to make it sometimes. Otherwise you know you're gonna really put yourself in a tight spot for five to eight years down the road. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's, it's very fair. Uh, what do you what do you make of 
The, uh, you know, Jack Eichel today in the Vegas Golden Knights. How concerned are you about the Knights with Eichel out weeks after successful lower body surgery? Yeah, I'm not entirely concerned because Mark Stone missed weeks at this time last year. And they were able to chug along quite nicely in his absence. And then he got back and away they went. So... Um, thankfully for them this year, Mark Stone seems to be healthy. He's playing really well. Um, had a hat trick the other night. Um, I, I think they'll be okay. I, I think they've got enough of a structure and a foundation built in Vegas that they can withstand um, a guy or two being out of the lineup. Shea Theater has obviously been out as well. It doesn't help on the back end. But but I don't see them cratering. Uh, I, I really don't. And then, you know, I've heard nothing to suggest that this is season ending for Jack Eichel. I don't think it is. So as long as they're able to just keep their heads above water, um, he'll get back. And then I think away they'll go. I'm not, I'm not particularly concerned about this one. Davey, uh, any fun predictions tonight for Oilers and Leafs? Well, um, yeah. I wish I could tell you because it's always a prediction each Leaf game which team is going to show up on any given night. Is it going to be the the team that from time to time we we get to see and we're like, okay, that's that's a serious team right there. They look like they can do some damage. Or is it going to be the team that you know showed up on Sunday night where it appeared the only reason they showed up to play that night is because it said they had to on the schedule. Um, that'll be the test. And if, if, if they don't, if the, the good version of the Leafs doesn't show up, could be a long night because, you know, I'm with you guys. You watch the Oilers lately. It's an awful lot to like about what you're seeing. So um, my prediction will be uh, we'll go 5-3 we'll go Edmonton. Zach Hyman will have a, a goal, and uh, the rest can write itself. Davey, have yourself a great day. And uh, we will chat with you uh, Sunday on your show and then uh, next Tuesday here on mine. See you, boys. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. Uh, we'll return. The uh, pride of Wainwright. Played his minor hockey in Wainwright. Then uh, up to uh, Lloyd Minster when he got into the uh, the AAA level. Then uh, into Bonneville at uh, Junior A. Uh, they went off to college in the U.S., and uh, now finds himself as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs playing his first game in Edmonton against the team he grew up as a huge fan of. We'll hear from uh, Bobby McMahon next. McGregor Show on Sports 1440. 3.48, Gregor, Brown, Hallie with you. If you make your way to the uh, game tonight, uh, take a little extra time. The Lots of intersections are uh, rather slick due to the... Uh, ridiculous cold snap we had now there's a little bit of skiffs of snow uh going down so uh add a little extra time to make it because the worst thing that you want right now is a fender bender on a game night the well it's worse at any it's terrible at any point but it's even worse when you feel like hey you're all excited you know what maybe you hate the leaves you're like god i can't wait to see the orders beat them well well you'd be very disappointed if you're standing on the side of the road Waiting, um, you know, exchanging insurance, doing all that fun stuff that uh, none of us like to do. So uh, keep safe. Hey, Greg's, I missed it. Uh, how can I donate to the uh, Brown League uh, GoFundMe? It's uh, hey, thanks for that, Mike. We appreciate it, and uh, everybody else who's donated. Uh, the easiest way to do it is just go to sports1440.ca, and it's right on the uh, the f- front page. You'll see it. 
Uh, scroll down. You got the big picture of uh, Bronte. Can't miss his melon. And um, you can uh, click the link for the uh, the GoFundMe that uh, we're doing to help out his family. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know what? Any uh, ten bucks. We've had ten dollar donations. Lots fifteen, twenty, all the way up to a thousand. So uh, this is awesome, uh, everybody. It doesn't matter what you can donate. It's great. It all helps out, and it adds up. Uh, so far, you know, you just look at the uh, the amount of different people who have, that have donated. It's uh, it's awesome. So. Uh, it's good to know that uh, many of you respected what uh, Bronte did uh, for many years. Uh, we'll miss him. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Robin uh, passed away last Thursday unexpectedly from a, a massive heart attack and uh, leaves his uh, wife, Ann Lynn, and uh, son, Sam, and, um, and you know, kind of some dire straits. So uh, we're trying to help him out. So if you can, that would be great. Just go to sports1440.ca. Now... Uh, let's get to the uh, the visiting uh, thoughts brought to you by Action Electrical. And, uh, hey, you want to take uh, some savings for you? Guess what? There's a great way to do it, but the savings end in March. The uh, the federal government has had it so uh, you could get a grant if you wanted to get uh, solar put on your house to uh, to help it out. Like, yeah, there's a cost up front, but the savings have been proven long term. It works great. We actually have had it on the uh, the barn at the farm for geez, seven or eight years, man. And uh, uh, mom's uh, bill is pretty much down to nothing. It's been uh, it's been a huge savings for her. So I highly recommend it. Go to actionelectrical.net and they can help us set it up for you either at your home, heck on your barn at the farm or even at uh, commercially. So uh, check it out. Actionelectrical.net. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Net. Um, uh, Bobby McMahon, of course, uh, grew up in Wainwright, played his minor hockey there up until I think it was uh, back then, uh, Bantam. Um, they, they were double A, smaller uh, uh, facility. Then uh, when he got to his triple A player, so he went to Lloyd Minster. And uh, eventually to Bonneville in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, then has made his way to uh, NCAA and uh, signed as a, as a free agent for the uh, the Maple Leafs and uh, uh, spent some time actually in the East Coast League. Had I known this before, I didn't know it until I looked it up. But he played for the Newfoundland Growlers for four games one year. So uh, him and him and uh, Tr alumni of uh, the uh, the Growlers. Well, anyway, uh, uh, it's uh, his first time back and uh, he's quite excited about the uh, the game tonight. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, some family, some friends, probably more than some. It's, there's quite a few here, so it should be uh, pretty cool. Um, grew up always an Oilers fan, so um, it's cool to be in this building. It's no, it's no Rexall place, but uh, it's a similar feel for sure, so it'll be cool. Do you have a favorite memory as a fan at Rexall? Uh, yeah, I think I remember... Uh, I, I went to a San Jose game with my dad and I was watching Joe Thornton and, and Marlowe play and that was that was so cool and you just see how big Jumbo Joe is and uh, the way that he plays the way he carries himself and I was like wow this is uh, it's pretty special to play in the NHL if I ever had the opportunity well, but you're, you're a great example that you know hockey can still be a really late developing sport for a lot of people right not not a high traffic but just you continue to get better and better and better um, you know some guys will, will maybe get discouraged at 18, 19, 20 if they're not exactly where they want to be. How did you avoid that? Uh, I think I just trusted. I think I found some good mentors and people that I trusted um, along the way, and and they were always pumping me up, keeping me going, saying that if you stick to it and you don't have that quit, like things will pay off. And and you might maybe not play in the NHL, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity out there um, if you stick with it and you you stick with your schooling and you stick with the hockey. And luckily, I was able to get a scholarship. And I think all those things kind of built, like scholarship, then you get a American League deal, and then you get your first NHL deal, and then you, it all materializes and pushes one into the next. So I think that was where it came from. It's just listening and trusting that that process was going to pay off eventually. And uh, now you know you mentioned uh, growing up an order fan. It's a little bit different. Like, you're an NHL player, and I know that you were in the NHL last year, but you didn't come to Edmonton. How, uh, how excited are you for tonight, and uh, do you expect maybe more nerves than you normally would have? Uh, yeah, you could say there's a little more nerves. Uh, it's always cool to play in front of people that you know, people that you grew up with, uh, family, friends. So I think, yeah, there'll be a little bit more, but uh, it's just more or less the same game, same game of hockey, and just excited to go out and play. Who's going to be the most vocal in the McCann uh, cheering section? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. It's got to be uh, one of my buddies. I think uh, Colby Pugh, he lives down the street from me. Um, I think he'll be pretty fired up. He's coming to the game with his dad, so that'll be cool. So there you go. Bobby McMahon. So, buddy Colby getting a shout-out. So, uh, now, Colby, <laughs> if you're driving in from Wainwright... Now you got to make sure he hears you on the ice tonight. So, but you know what? It, it's it's always cool, and I've seen it lots when when players, you know, local guys come to Edmonton, and uh, you see their family or friend. And a lot of times, like I always think it's awesome when you you have buddies, and there never should be jealousy because most people know who the better athlete is. They might be a better athlete at one sport than you are at the other sports, and you competed, and maybe one's better at hockey or one's better at football or whatever it is. But to see with somebody who's like your childhood buddy. In the show, that's a pretty big deal. Oh, that could be. It's got to be amazing. Um, you know, just looking at his stats here, the fact that he's undrafted and he talked about, you know, his desire and his will to just keep on pushing. Because, I mean, obviously playing, you know, minor hockey and throughout his journey to get there, there would have been other kids having more success and more opportunity. And, I mean, I see it all the time when I'm working with kids and, you know, and for that not to derail you and stay focused, I mean, it's it's a great story because I <clears throat> I often share that with kids that it doesn't matter where you are. As long as you have the compete and the push and the desire and it's yours, Yeah, anything is possible, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, the NHL ultimately is usually all of our goals, but, you know, there's so many professional leagues and there's so many, you know, opportunities outside of the NHL and now, like, 
you know, there's guys that go over and play in Europe. Oh, yeah. That are able to come back. Um, you know, so this is just a great story for all the kids that might not be having as much success as maybe some others, but to stay focused. But the ultimate thing is like, and, and you can see it in kids, right? I mean, you can see the kids that are motivated and, and compete and want it. It's just, you can't, no one else can want it more than you. It has to be you. Yeah, no, that, and I like what he said, how he had some people that gave him good advice. Like, it might not be the NHL, but that doesn't matter. You can, you know what, is if your goal is to play professional hockey and you just take the steps necessary, like you, you look at, he went to Colgate, uh, NCAA, and ended up being an, an associate captain and then ended up being the captain in the senior year. So, you know, that always helps because teams look at lots of different elements, right? When they want to say, oh, geez, this guy's obviously a leader. You know, he's somebody that, you know, can, can lead and, that's always a good personality trait to have. It's not yeah. necessary, but it's just a nice added bonus yeah. sometime, right? That people respect your work ethic and your commitment, your how you can communicate with your teammates, all those different sorts of things. And and that really matters. So and I like that. Like he didn't make his NHL debut till he was twenty six late yeah. last year, like over twenty you know, twenty six and a half, basically. Yeah. And, and then scored his first NHL goal earlier this season. So yeah, and that's a pretty cool moment for uh, the uh, the McMahon uh, family. Like any family, you see, I don't care. Like the McDavid family, you see your kid in the NHL every time. It's, it never really gets old, right? It, <laughs> it doesn't. Could never get never old. get old. So no. you know what? Uh, you got a young guy, and you know Wainwright and Lloyd Minster and Bonneville. Uh, there's be a lot of people that are that are rooting for him tonight, even though they're Oiler fans. Just like I, hey, I know it's the same thing for my nephew. Like a lot of his buddies are coming and friends, and you know they're like, yeah, we're Oiler fans, but you know we we don't know Gregor, and so you know you cheer for him yeah right and you know so you, i i know that you know a few of his teammates were bugging him like hey you're an empty you get a score and like if, if it was that easy then yeah, yeah you'd score every game right yeah. like it's you know it's, it's been lucky for him that he scored a few goals at home right it obviously makes it a little bit more special no question but it it doesn't change the fact that it's you know it's difficult like you know my son's like well dad no one's gonna score tonight right yeah. he's just because he's because he's now he's seen it the last few times there and i'm like well it's pretty hard to score so he's like <laughs> yeah i know but he just he scores in edmonton I'm like, all right, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope so, of course. Yeah. Right? Like it would be uh it would be great. But um you know, it's uh it's always kind of fun just to to watch uh the game and um you know, uncle's probably still different than a parent, no question it is, but you know, I'm definitely not nearly as stressed like I just I go for me it's kind of enjoyable cuz I just get to kind of sit in the crowd for once and be a fan. I just go there and I watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for them just to be on that ice, and you know, I mean, once the game starts, obviously you got to put your, yourself in a mindset that you got to be focused, right? But, you know, in warm up, I'm sure he's going to be looking around. He's going to be high stepping. He's going to have, you know, stepping. He's going to have, you know, his buddies are going to be there. Does he come out there with no bucket? You know, like, you know, do you enjoy the whole experience? Well, nowadays the rules changed. They got to wear a bucket? In warm up, yeah, like it's oh, grandfathered no. in. Yeah, really? Oh yeah, Awful. like so the what? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like so they. I know for first games, like oh. Phil Kemp went bucketless, yeah. but uh, like I know that there's a fine, and I think the veteran players just pay it now. It's kind of re- like to me, that's one where hey, okay, let's rethink it, right? Uh, if you're gonna make buckets mandatory, excluding the first game, that'd be pretty simple. First but, game, you don't have to wear a bucket. Well, you shouldn't have to in warm up. That's what I, I would make. But right now, no. Bedard got fined when he did his. Did he? Because it was, that was the new rule that came in place this year. Brutal. So that is brutal. That's got to be one of the best things ever oh, about the NHL is to go out there and no bucket. Yeah, but, you know, it's like all the people look at Darnell Nurse. I'm like, yeah, so Darnell Nurse has played, I don't know how many games he's played, 500, <laughs> whatever. So he got hit once in warm up, and that's why you should wear a bucket. Well, why? It's such a low percentage. And I love what he said. He goes, 
I'm not going to get the puck, the um, the pleasure of knowing that I'll wear a helmet again. Right? That's yeah. what his. I, I laughed, of course, but uh, so he's gone bucketless ever since. It was the one game. Remember, he took the puck oh, yeah, uh, yeah. off the crossbar, right, uh, yeah. right in the beak, yeah. between the eyes. So he still wear. He doesn't wear one. Yeah. But you know him, Kane, Drysaitel. I think are the only uh, three on on Edmonton. Uh, Mark Giordano, I think, in Toronto is one. Um, I'm not sure who else in uh, on the Maple Leafs. John Tavares. No, I think John Tavares wears a helmet. Some Leaf fan would know. They watch the. That's the too bad. Closer. I think everyone's got to be able to experience 100%. that. Hundred Be able to high stab, jumping yeah. around, and yeah, that's that's yeah, a just, shame. You know, you show off the locks, right? Yeah. You're you're skating by yeah. the the pe- plexiglass. You're checking your hair out, of course. Why wouldn't you? It's warm up for yeah. goodness sakes. Still, like you're still in the NHL. You should enjoy some perks. I would think, <laughs> right? Like that should be yeah. a, Hey man, like I want to show off the do. Yeah. I do remember going, unless you got hair like mine, then you're covering it up for sure. <laughs> be wearing a full face shield right now. I, I do remember going out the odd time. I didn't do it often, but when I did, I mean, you do have to be aware of where you are in relation to the net and crossbar. Oh yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've seen some guys have some pretty big spills Oh and, yeah, and we'd all just be watching and just kind of chuckling to ourselves that, you know, uh, yeah, there's some pretty, you know, you, you definitely don't want to fall down when you don't have your bucket. Yeah. So there you go. Um, 402, let's get to uh, the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Of course, your place to get tires, but also they have uh, excellent mechanics. Going to help you get your vehicle back on the road quickly and safely. Book your appointment today at FountainTire.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.